Deb! Charlie, here we are again at uh, the studios, uh, which is AKA your house. At the Pongarosa. I brought my house shoes. You did, thank you very <laughs> We're much. We're teenagers, I'm freezing. Yeah. I'm, I am dressed in so many layers that uh, you would think we were doing the show outside in the Northwest. Alaska. You're dressed Al- like you're Al- in Alaska. Alaska. Anyway, I interviewed a guy named Johnny DeSilvia. Really cool dude. So Johnny was a star of a of a, a reality TV show. Yep. It was called Rescue My Renovation. Oh, very cool. We're talking about renovating it, today. Renovating homes. Yeah. yeah. People are, people he, need home contractor from, advice he, because he was from Brooklyn. Yep. Great guy. Yep. You're gonna hear all about it. I love his name, Johnny TV. Well, we gave him the nickname Johnny TV. He wasn't born that, right? No, he was. Would... <laughs> his name was John, but we ended up calling. You know when. My buddies met him because he lives in town now. It was like, this is Johnny TV. I'm like, and we just burst out laughing. This Johnny TV thing, yeah. by the way, yeah. I moved to Greenwich, Connecticut yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And you guys named me Johnny TV. <laughs> I was never Johnny TV before that. Are I you... was Johnny D. Yeah. John. Yeah. John DeSilvia. <laughs> this is Chris Eric. I was called uh, Silky for a while, yeah. but never Johnny Who TV. Who ended up naming you Johnny TV? John Santa? I'm going to have to give that to Griff. Griff did? Yeah. No kidding. Griff Harris. Costco. Yeah, he yeah. called you Johnny TV. And That's great. Kind of stuck in this town. Yeah. yeah. Everybody calls you Johnny TV now. I know, I know. Or TV, you it know. Kinda, it, it Does it are you okay with it? It doesn't bother me because I love you guys. So, yeah. So just call me. I, you know, I just want to <laughs> hang out. Johnny TV is not a bad name. It's a great name. It's a great name because it right? you know, it keeps my um my TV career out there still. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I haven't done it for like 5 6 years. Yeah. So. Sort of bizarre how all of us Italian guys have nicknames, right? Names, right? You think you think Italians named baby out of the womb like, oh, there's there's and, Gina the Jar, Gina and, Jar. Yeah, and yeah. no and no one's just named John or Charles. We're always like with an I, a Y at the end of our names. Now, Johnny, some guys get your last name wrong. They say De Silva instead of De Silvia. I know they leave the, uh, yeah. the I out. I know, right? You yeah. notice that, right? Yeah. You know what? My real name is not even DeSilvia. What is it? It's DeSilvio, but when my father went in the service, yeah. they made a mistake when they gave him his uh, credentials and they changed the O to an A and he never cared to change it. So He didn't care. Whatever. No kidding. Yeah. That happened in my family. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens to a lot of families. Yeah. In my family, my real last name is Pangaro. Yeah, Ponga doesn't sound it, very Italian. No, it's, it sounds like a board game, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Charlie Ponga. Yeah, ping pong. But it's but it's Pangaro. It's Pangaro. Pangaro. Yes. yes, and they changed it on Ellis Island, and uh, I guess those relatives didn't really care. They were like, "We don't care. Just get us to Costco." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so crazy the last name thing. And then how about people from? Brooklyn, I mean, they're kind of like, they're special people, man. I mean, they always seem to be like a half a step ahead of everybody else, you know? I don't know what the hell it is. It's unbelievable, isn't what is it? it with the water in Brooklyn? What I, is it Brooklyn? I don't know, but that's what I asked them. I've always been curious to know why the people from Brooklyn are so special. Like, what makes 
Is it the competition? Is being in the being in the street and having to survive? Is it looking at New York City every single day and saying it do, that where it didn't intimidate you or anything like that? I think you answered the question, Charlie. Really? <laughs> it's all of the above. No it's, kidding. You know, when you grow up in a neighborhood where, I mean, Brooklyn has three million people. It's incredible. It's the size of if it was Colorado. A, if it was a city, it would be the fourth largest city. No kidding. In the country. And wow. it's only a borough. So there's right. three million people. You grow up around a lot of people. Yeah. You get a lot of street smarts. Yeah. From that experience. Did you? Yeah. 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 Like I mean, you, you grow up on the streets and you know, you get bullied from the day you're you're able to walk outside your house. Oh no kidding. Yeah. People. And it's just part of growing up. You know, the older guys are giving you noogies, they're punching you in the arm twenty times. And through that experience, you just you just learn about life. I mean, it sounds silly. From noogies, you learn about life. But pain, yeah. <laughs> there is gain in pain. There is gain yeah. in pain, right? Yeah. And the street smart uh, knowledge, street smart knowledge is really prevalent in Brooklyn. So the more noogies, the more street smarts? Is that the deal? Everybody from Brooklyn must have got noogies. They got noogies <laughs> looking at New York City, and they got, all, they got all whipped up like to succeed. You know, I don't care what age you are. The first time you go to New York, it's overwhelming. It's intimidating, right? I mean, there's a lot going on. But if you lived in Brooklyn, like Johnny did, and you're staring at Manhattan every single day, eventually it just doesn't really matter to you. I remember being out in Brooklyn once and staring at the staring at Manhattan and thinking, well, I guess if I grew up here and I was looking at these massive buildings every single day, it would be second nature to me, right? So anyway, I went on to ask Johnny TV about how he went, how he got into the construction business. Oh, uh, you know, from the time I was probably 11 years old, my father would wake me up on Saturdays and go like this, all right, Seven o'clock in the morning. We got a lot of work to do today. Oh. And he was trying to make ends meet. And yeah. he would work on the weekends uh, stripping furniture or stripping uh, balusters of old paint and bringing back, restoring those to bring back the old wood. Wow. And I would be there with him at 11 years old, working my ass off. Yeah. From eight in the morning till five at night on Saturday and Sunday. You know, he paint home as, uh, homes as well. So I was working on weekends from the time I was probably 11 to yeah. 16, 17, you know? Yeah, yeah. If he didn't wake me up, I'd be the happiest kid in the world. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was he a construction guy himself? or? Yeah, yeah. He, he started, uh, I think he had a shoe, shoe store, sneaker place, um, and then he got a job with a construction company, Humphreys mm -hmm. and Hardings. I'll never forget it. Right, and he uh, he went up the ladder. He went from laborer to foreman to super. He did really well. Oh, he became and, a super. Yeah, and then when I got older, like seventeen, he got mm -hmm. me a job as a laborer. Right. And then I started doing some carpentry, and that's how I got into the construction. I construction see. Business. Yeah. Right. Did you go to college? Went to college. Got a degree uh, from Pratt Institute. Wow. And. Uh, from there, I worked with a large construction company, Olympia in York. Oh, you did! Wow. Helped build the World Financial Center. You did. Yeah. Wow. Did that for a couple of years, and then we went to a Christmas party, and my boss told me I needed to wear a tie. <laughs> Is that and, right? And I wouldn't wear a tie. Yeah. I ran into him on the elevator. He goes, "John, 
I told you to wear a tie to this party. Why don't you have a tie on? Yeah. I was like, I, I'm sorry, Eddie. I, I, I didn't want to wear one. He says, yeah. I got to fire you. So he no. fired me. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't want to work for the man. Yeah. I worked 12 hours a day making them money. Yeah. I always wanted to do my own thing. So from there, I started my own construction business. Imagine that. You got fired wait, for not wearing wait, wait. a tie. What is it with guys that refuse to wear a tie that they get fired for it? What is the, pro what is who, the problem with who, some guys? They who, just don't, don't want to who, wear a tie. Who wants to wear a tie? Really, that bad? That bad. Really? Okay, you, yeah. you, would, you would be fired saying, I'm not doing it. I would never wear a tie. Are you kidding There's me? There's a whole group of guys who will not wear ties. That's right. And okay. I'm one of them. But that's okay. But you know, Ties are hazardous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Let me just say this. I've had to wear ties, couldn't stand them, haven't worn a tie in probably 20 years. So then I asked Johnny how he transitioned from the construction business to the TV business. It's quite a jump, right? It's quite a leap. And here's what he had to say. My business started to grow. Mm -hmm. I used to build blimpies. What? Oh, the store. The, the uh, sub shop. Yeah. So I started building blimpies, and from there it grew to doing houses. And then I met this guy, John Polanka. Mm -hmm. And we became partners, and we were we were we had a great partnership. Mm -hmm. And we were in Park Slope, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and we started renovating brownstones. We hooked up with a couple of architects, designers, so our business was flourishing. Right, we were doing really well. Right. And a friend of ours, Mike Morrissey, right. the Morrissey brothers are kind of famous themselves. Uh, they had nightclubs in Manhattan right. for many, many years. And to know them was like a free pass into every cool nightclub in the city. Oh, cool. So that was great as well. So anyway, Mike walks into my office. John, listen, I want to do a show based on your construction business. I was like, what? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I want to do a reality show based on your construction business. I said, Mike, listen, you want to film me? <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I'm here. I'm going to do my job. You could film me. Right. So he put together what they call a sizzle reel. Yeah, sizzle reel. You know, filmed us for maybe, you know, a week or two. Mm -hmm. Put together, what is it, uh, five minutes sizzle yeah. reel? Uh, and presented it to uh, cable networks. Right. And DIY and HGTV picked it up. No kidding. Yeah. So we did a show. My first show was called Under Construction that followed me and my partner yeah. around Brooklyn, doing our jobs. It's the best show I ever did. No kidding. It's real as shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just real. Yeah. And the trials and tribulations of having a partner and dealing with clients, doing a couple of million dollars worth of work every year with 30, 40 employees. Whoa. It was, it was challenging, man. Yeah, I bet. So he got the essence of the show. On uh, for DIY and HGTV called Under Construction. So they you gave them full access to everything yeah. in the office, yeah. the arguments, all of it. That's the only way to go. All of it, and it uh, was good. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. And that ran for how many years again? That was three seasons. Yeah. And then uh, they decided that they wanted to do something with me only. Only. And I sold my end of the business to my partner. Uh huh. And I did TV full time for ten years. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Worst mistake I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so now Johnny's doing his own show called Rescue My Renovation. And I asked him if he enjoyed it. And uh, here's what he had to say. TV was fun for probably two or three years. Oh, and then what and happened? And then it got monotonous. Oh, it did? 
yeah, you know, I mean, all right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Walk in the room again. Say hello again. Oh, the fake hello, the fake meet. And all greet, the takes, the, all the takes. Uh, just you know, the waiting around. You know, I, they make it look like I do the whole room. Yeah, like I, inf- I installed all the floorboard. Yeah, two thousand square feet. Yeah, I put down oh. one square foot in the beginning. <laughs> And one square foot in the end, right. and I waited around until the rest was done. Yeah. Because they can't wait for me to do it. They got to no. get a crew in there of course. that specializes in flooring that gets it done immediately. Right. So if you've never seen or heard the trailer from my rescue renovation, it's pretty old now. But I thought this would be a great time for you to listen to it. What separates a good contractor from a bad contractor is having pride in what you do for a living. What pisses me off is incompetent contractors that don't care. You can't have blind trust. You have to protect yourself. I know you want to trust. You can't do it when you're hiring a contractor. You got to look out for the con men, not contractors. You're hiring somebody that's going to become a part of the family. It's a very intimate transaction. You hope he's going to become a part of the family because if he does, you hired the right guy. Your nightmare is about to come to an end. Come on, man. I mean, I got the best job in the world. I'm saving people that are at a dead end. And not only do we rescue their house, but in essence, we're rescuing their lives. Open your eyes. It's a dream. You look happy. Love to hug people. That comes from the Italian in me. I squeeze them so tight they can't let go. You know, it's definitely not a term that I deserve being called a hero, but if I get it, it makes me feel pretty good. The number one thing I would want homeowners to know is to not be scared. As long as you're not taking down a load-bearing wall, have at it. You put down the floorboard crooked, then your floor is going to look like crap. But you know what? You'll probably do it the right way, and you'll wind up saving yourself a bunch of dough. Oh, yeah, that's there's the Bogart look right there. Bogey. All over. Kenny, give me a Bogart line. We'll, we'll always have Paris. We'll always have Paris? Paris. Oh, Paris. We'll always have Paris. Delete that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll always have parrots? Oh, Johnny. I never even spoke to you about that. We're going to have to have to talk about that one over a beer. So I asked Johnny what it was like to work with these homeowners on the TV show uh, Rescue Renovation, and here's what he had to say. Well, I mean, Rescue Renovation, we, we took the job over from the contract. You had to. He was off the job, yeah. and we just took everything over. We it, bought everything for them. They mm, didn't pay for anything. They were nervous they wrecks by that time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was a really good feeling to help these people out. I gotta tell you. That yeah, was, I saw was, what, the one fun. woman in the in your trailer there. The woman started crying, you know, yeah. Yeah. when you redid her kitchen. That's gotta make you feel really good too, right? You some know, of that stuff was real. Yeah, some of that stuff was real. And, and, and <laughs> was that right, one real? That one was real. Yeah. You know, some of the tears are fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what show it is. Yeah. Sometimes you do all that work for a homeowner. Yeah. And they're ungrateful. No. We did a job for a homeowner that sued. And you did a ton of work for them. And they sued. Can you imagine that? People are ungrateful, man. Yeah, well, that's too bad, right? We got conned. <laughs> you got con. Right. You got con. We were trying to help them yeah. the con man, and yeah. then they conned us. <laughs> it's so messed up. Johnny TV got con. That's just crazy, isn't it? Um, so here's the part where Johnny explains how you, the homeowner, can avoid getting conned. 
So, Johnny, what is the key thing for the consumer, the homeowner, to think about when they want to do a renovation and they're now they're looking at three different contractors? What do you think the process should be? Well, starting off, Charlie, that's a really good point. Uh, three different contractors is really important. You want to get three different bids. Okay. You know, you're going to get something high, something low, something in the middle. Right. You want to check references. Right. You want to call people they've worked for. You want to call the Better Business Bureau. I mean, those are important things. If you don't do your due diligence, mm -hmm. then you get what you get and you don't get upset. But right. this is probably going to be something that you're going to probably spend more money on this project than you've ever spent in your life. It's your home. Right. It's your most important asset. Right. So you have to have a plan is really important. Hire a good architect. Don't make mistakes. Do it once. Don't do it twice. Because my show, Rescue My Renovation, believe me, I saw it all. Really? The house is falling down. The no. contract is taking out load-bearing walls and not putting in a beam to support the load. I mean, I've seen it all. So if people think you could just get into it like that, hire the first guy and trust it because it's the low bid... That's a big mistake. Oh, my God. Mistake. Yeah. Wow. And what about price? Um, should people be looking at price when they're doing a renovation, or should they be looking at first the details of the quality and whatever they're being presented, should that be done in detail as well? Yeah, the price is really important. I mean, let's start with a contract. Okay. You want an itemized contract. Itemized contract. Yeah, because you yeah. want to know what you're paying for. Right. Um, you know, if somebody's putting in kitchen cabinets, the cabinets cost 5000 The installation cost 5000 So you don't want to pay them in full for that. That's another thing. That's right. another whole thing. People pay too much up front. So right. itemized contract. Right. I like the AIA contract. That's the American Institute of Architects contract. Okay. Because it itemizes everything on the job. And you pay according to what they complete. So if they complete 10% of a job, they get a 10% payment. Mm -hmm. It's a bulletproof way to protect yourself. A lot of people don't use it. Right. But if you're doing a big job, you want to make sure you have that type of contract. How do you, how, as the consumer or the homeowner, how do they know that they've completed 10% of the job? Because a contractor could say that's 10%. Or do they outline that within the contract to say phase one equals 10%. And this is what will be accomplished. No, do that, they do it that way? No, no, no. That's a good question. How do you know it's 10%? You don't really know it's 10%, but let's say they're putting down 2,000 square feet of tile. Right. Okay. And they put down 200 square feet. That's 10%. That's 10%. You know, so you could quantify, some things are easy to quantify. Yeah. You know, if you're painting a house and the job is 50,000 and there's 10 rooms and they painted five, then they're 50% complete, let's say. Okay. You're not going to be exactly on the number, but the right. point is you're going to protect yourself. Right. What about what's called when the homeowner has to pick out all of the specialties, right? So um, that's a big responsibility for the homeowner to make those decisions, right? Yep. And is the contractor sort of supposed to push those uh, the homeowners to say, look, you got to make a decision on this. Or we're not going to meet your deadline. Do they? Do you? Oh yeah. I mean, 
That's why deadlines are very hard to meet. I Homeowners see. will screw that up a lot of the time. But that is another important thing to have in your contract. Right. In essence, uh, time is of the essence clause. Right. Oh. So they have to complete the job. Let's say they put a six-month time frame on that. Right. And every week they complete the job later than that, they get fined a certain amount of money. You know, and if they complete it sooner, maybe they, they, you know, they make more money. Oh. But there's always reasons why that timeline could get extended. Right. And if it's a legitimate reason, that's... But to get back to your... Um, selections. Selections. You know, as a contractor, I didn't mind getting involved in the selections because if I'm um, helping you pick out your cabinets mm -hmm. and you're buying them through me mm -hmm. and the cabinets cost $10,000, mm -hmm. I'm marking it up. 10% mm -hmm. for general conditions. General conditions. 10% overhead and profit. That comes so, out to 21% I'm making on those 10000 Tell everyone what general conditions means because I don't think a lot of... Listeners will under, understand what general conditions mean in overhead and profit. Uh, general conditions are, most importantly, the cleaning up of the job site mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's general conditions. You want to keep mm -hmm. the conditions of the job site pristine. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, it could get out of hand. Mm -hmm. Accidents happen, people get hurt, mm -hmm. and you waste time. Overhead and profit is some, you know, insurance, mm -hmm. office, uh, just cars, running your overhead. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's the <clears throat> so general conditions are part of the dumpster and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Exactly. Okay. Yep. And you just factor in a percentage because you know you're going to be kind of close to that. Exactly. So, yeah. you don't, yeah. so I'm, making, I'm making money on everything. But right. if you're having me pay, you're going to pay me so that I could pay the cabinet. Right. Supply, you got to make. I'm making money on that. You should make money on yeah. that. Right. If you, as the homeowner, I would recommend go buy the cabinets yourself and right. save yourself the twenty-one percent, right, or the twenty percent, right, or whatever it is. Yes, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Buy your own fixtures because you're going to save yourself money. And there's a great website called Build.com. They're not giving mm. me any money for this. Right. But as a homeowner, you go on that website, you could save yourself a bunch of money by buying your fixtures there. It's all at your disposal, right there. You look at the pictures, you deal with somebody on the phone. It's a great resource. But if you're a neophyte and you know nothing about construction at all, and you don't even know how to buy anything... Is it that simple that people like that could do that still? Like, they have to be considered about the dimensions, right? Well, hopefully they have an architect that could guide them in that. The architect is not going to make money on buying fixtures unless the architect has that in their contract. Right. But the architect could guide them, or an interior designer can guide them. Now, right. people sometimes don't like to hire architects. Right. I got to tell you, man. There's, they'll save you a lot of money. They'll save you a lot of money. So many mistakes are made because dimensions are not correct. The sink, the cabinets are ordered in the, the wrong way because right. the sink doesn't fit where it's supposed to. The right. faucet is a three-hole faucet, not a one-hole faucet. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why you want to have an architect. I see. And then do they, after the, the roughing is done or whatever, right? That's before the sheetrock's on the walls yeah. or any of that sort of stuff. When do they come out and field measure for like cabinets and bathroom fixtures and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, your so, roofing has to be done. Right. Your walls have to be framed. Your sheetrock has to be in. And then they, and then they come in and they measure for and, cabinets. And then now, the, if you're really good, yeah. you know, if you're a great builder, 
Yeah. You could build to what the plans say, and you could order the cabinets based on the plans. Oh. And that could save you time and money. Wow. That's got to be hard to do. Like, what if the walls are off or something like that when you're doing walls, a renovation? The walls can't be off, man. The, the walls should be plumb and level. And yeah. On, if the architect says it's 15 feet between these two walls, yeah. why shouldn't it be 15 feet? Why should it be 15.5? Right. It should be 15 feet. Well, it could be off by an eighth. It could be off by an eighth. I mean, you could use a filler if you have to, but yeah. I mean, you don't want to you don't want <laughs> Yeah, to do they should be off by five inches, right. no matter right. what. Right. Right, unless there's a rock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something. Yeah, it's always something, yeah. right? Well, it's a surprise with renovations, no matter what. Must be really hard to uh, estimate, uh, you know, give them a price. I mean, it's always got to be sort of an estimate, right? I mean, within a range. There's always unknowns. You never know what you're going to find when you start opening up walls and opening floors and seeing what beams look like. And right. they could be rotted. They could be, de be eaten by... Uh, termites you right. never know what you're going to deal with that's why there's always change orders that's why the uh the length of the contract typically increases mm -hmm. but it's good to keep your your contractor you know his nose to the flame because he needs to know that you care and that you know what's going on and you're on top of it and you're on top of it and i understand that homeowners don't know construction. So right. how could they be on top of it? The contractor could talk circles around them. Right. If it's a big project, right. your architect will protect you. Yeah. And if it's a really big project, hire a construction manager. Yeah, right. Owner's rep, right? Yeah, and he'll uh, he'll watch you back. Mm -hmm. And people think it's going to cost them too much money to have that. It could save them more money by having somebody that's representing them that knows about construction and a than not. And a lot less headaches. And a lot less time. And a lot less time. And it might not be, you know, a year. It could get done in eight months instead of a year. Right. Because there's somebody representing you that knows construction. Wow. This is really insightful, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's what my show is about. Right. Teaching people how to uh, empower themselves. Right. Well, how was that? That was something else, wasn't it? Rescue My Renovation, Johnny TV, how Johnny TV got into the business. Deb, what'd you think of that? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Rescue, Rescue My, My Renovation. Rescue should be an ongoing hotline. I mean, right? I can't believe this guy had this name of the show and he doesn't do it anymore because he's so uh, successful. He's he didn't have to. I mean, you know what I loved about him? What? He didn't want to be a TV star. Somebody said, hey, John, why don't you be on TV? And he's like, all right, fine. Just follow me around, whatever. <laughs> right. um, and it was a huge success. And then yeah. he had a friend, right? You were telling me yeah, that yeah. really wanted to be on TV and was like, went to all the lengths to promote. And Johnny didn't do any of that. Yeah. It's always interesting when it's more authentic. Well, I hope so. Right. But his whole thing was helping people who had been conned by other people. Right. And then he had something crazy happen where he got, what the heck happened? He got conned. So wrong. I know. <laughs> Thank you.